0: When I first came to Eretz Yisrael as a Bachar, I had the opportunity to meet somebody who had had a very close connection with a number of Gudalim. And I was fascinated to hear what common features he had seen in different Gudalim he had known. People who, by personality, were very different. But nevertheless, they all became Gudali Adar. And I asked him what common factors he found throughout all of them. After thinking about it for a little bit, he responded with three points. He said the first thing, every single Godal was somebody who didn't waste time. They were always thinking in terror. Whether they were busy with traveling, or dealing with other things, their mind was always thinking about Torah. The second point, he said, was the diktuk bahalacha. The care with every action that was done perfectly right around pi halacha. Nothing was overlooked was no. done by mistake. No. And the third thing was an overriding concern for Klay Yisrael. Constance, Occupation and Terror, Dictic for Mitzvahs, and concern for Gladiation. So I told him, if those are the points you can mention, then he hasn't said any tradition Because we know that there are three pillars on which the world stands, and then it's understood that a person who develops themselves in these three areas will also be a person who becomes great. Those learn three areas, la are Torah, which is thinking in Torah, learning Torah constantly, ala Avoidah, which is our observance of halakha, and our chasadim, not just for the individual, but even on the communal, on the national level, about wanting to help do what we can for Klai Yisrael. Pashas we know primarily talks about the Big De The special Koani the special regarding the Koim War and the even more special Baghdadan at the Koengodal War. And we know we've gone through the Pasha, so we know what each begad looked like. But maybe we can focus on the introduction to the Big De It says Vasisa Big De you should make these sacred garments for your brother Aaron for the coin girdle, and it should be l'chavoid or l'siphoris. L'chavoid, it should be an honor for him, or l'siphoris, it should be a source of pride. What makes clothing a teferis? We can understand if it's a rank of some of, of importance in the clothing one's wear, one wears is a covet. It's an honor. What makes it a teferis? What makes it a source of pride? And in what way were the big the a source of pride for Aaron? So I'd like to share with you a Vilna on Mishle. He's talking about the terror. He's talking about something different. But he reveals a very deep insight to us. The in Mishle in the fourth parak is talking about the Torah, and it calls the Torah an Ateris tiferes, a crown of pride. And the Vildagorn in his commentary on Mishle wants to explain what makes this Torah a source of pride. And the Vildagorn says the following. He says, when someone wears a crown, and it befits him to wear the crown, he's a king. If that's the case, it's a source of pride. It's a way of showing I'm a king. But if somebody who's not a king wears a crown, then it's not a source of pride to him. Exactly the opposite. It's a source of embarrassment. It's why you're trying to masquerade as the king when you're not. Why are you trying to show yourself to be royal when you're a regular commoner? And therefore, for something to be a source of pride it's only when the item of clothing that's being worn is deserved. When it's not deserved and it doesn't then it embarrasses the person more than it is also a source of pride. And therefore an atteris, a crown, has to be an de deferris. A crown which is a pride to the one who's wearing it. It's a sign that he deserves to wear it. We'll have to give a marshal. Imagine a bar Mitzvah boy. All excited to have his first hat and jacket, and so he comes to Shul for his bar mitzvah wearing a homburg and a rabbinisha frack. You might think these are choshiva clothing, the attire of a Tamil chacham but on a kid it looks ludicrous. It doesn't cause pride, if anything, the opposite. It makes a laughing stuff. of him. When are you talking about a senior or a Sheshiva, he is wearing the Ishtar Darabon, the attire of a then it fits the person wearing it, and then it's a source of pride. But when the clothing doesn't fit the wearer, then it's not a source of pride. If the bride wears a wedding dress, it's a source of pride. But if a person is not a bride and she's wearing a wedding dress, it looks ridiculous. And therefore, the says that for a person who deserves, so to speak, has learned Torah, then the Keser Torah is a Tiferis for him. It's a pride for him. But for a person who hasn't learned Torah, it's not a source of pride. To take on the crown of Torah when a person is really an ignoramus, an Amoaretz, is just an embarrassment. Let's look at an example in the Gemara of such a thing. Today we view jewelry as something which a person, if they can afford it, is entitled to wear. But let's look at the way that the Gemara tells the story about who deserved to wear jewelry. And the Gemara tells the story of Rabbi Akiva and his righteous Eshiz Chayel Rachel, that she allowed him to go and learn for 24 years while she remained alone in poverty. And Rabbi Akiva promised her, he said, one day when I come back, I will buy you a Yerushalayim Shazov, a tiara which she would wear on her forehead, out of gold with the skyline of Yerushalayim. And Rabbi Akiva kept to his word. In his later years he became wealthy, and he bought his wife Rachel a uh, Yerushalayim Shazov this frontispiece, this crown, which had the, so to speak, the outline of Yerushalayim, out of gold. Now this was obviously a ornament which aroused a lot of envy in other ladies. And the Gemara says that the wife of the Nasi, Raman Gamliel, asked her husband, you now for my next anniversary gift, I also want a Yerushalayim Shalzoff. If Rabbi Akiva could afford it, then the Nasi, who is the prince of Kaisal, for sure would be able to afford it. And she wanted one as well. And Rabbi Akiva told her, you don't deserve one. You don't deserve it. Why? He said, you didn't give up your husband for 24 years. she did, and, and therefore, it's something which needs to be deserved. Not just something which can be afforded. And for a person that doesn't deserve it, it's not a pride. And therefore, with this principle of the gun, we come to a tremendous insight into the Big Day Hashem tells Moshe, you must make the Big Day Kodesh for Aaron Achicho, but there should be for him a teforis. There should be for him a source of pride. Aaron has to deserve to wear the Big Day kodesh. He has to live up to the level that the Big Day are meant to represent. And if that's the case, this opens up a new window of understanding for us into what the representation of the Big Day Gowna were, and how it was befitting Aaron to wear such Pagodim. So let's focus tonight on the four Pagodim which were unique to the Kohen Gadol. There were four Pagodim which were worn by every Kohen, and the four additional pagoda worn only by the Kohen Gadol, the Me'il, the eifoid, the Khoshen, and the Tzitz. And let's see what they came for, what they represented, and then let's see why Aaron deserved to wear such pagodim. So let's start with the tzitz. The tzitz was a gold, so to speak, panned, which the coin God will wore on his forehead, on which was inscribed the words, Hashem. It's holy to Hashem. And the Apostle says about the tzitz, V'hoyo al-mitzchoy tomit. The tzitz must always be on the coin's forehead. On that the Gemara in Yuma asks, How could the tzitz always be on his forehead? Did he never need to sleep? And obviously he wasn't able to wear the tzitz when he wasn't involved actively in doing the avoda. And the Gemara answers, It doesn't mean that the tzitz always had to be on his forehead. What it means is, that whenever the tits was on his forehead, he had to be aware of it. So he always had to be aware of the tits on his forehead. He wasn't allowed to be Messiah He wasn't allowed to lose concentration. Lose the thoughts, the feeling, and the tits on my head. The Gemara learns from this, that just like the tits, which was on the Kohen's head, he had a din, to always be thinking about the tits. If the tzitz said laHashem, then the Kohen's thoughts always had to be And if the Kohen wasn't able to maintain the purity of his thoughts, that focus of his devotion, that his mind was always sanctified for Hashem, then he didn't deserve to wear tzitz. And on that the Gemara adds, that from the tzitz we learn to the halach of tefillin. Just like Hashem's name is written on the tzitz, Hashem's name is written on our tefillin. And if we're wearing tefillin on our forehead, then we also need to deserve to wear the tefillin. We have to have focus. We can't be Messiah das, lose an intention to the fact we're wearing tefillin. We know that primarily the mitzvah of tefillin was to be worn the entire day. And yet, there are very few people today who wear tefillin the entire day. We just wear it for shahus. And the reason for that, one of the reasons for that, is because a person is not allowed to be Messiah Akhtas. A person is not allowed to get distracted from thinking about the tefillin while he's wearing them. And therefore, for a person to be on the level that throughout the day his mind is focused on his tefillin is very difficult. It's difficult enough to maintain that focus just through the daveni. And therefore it's better not to wear the tefillin throughout the day, even though it's a mitzvah d'erasa. But it's better not to wear the tefillin throughout the course of the day if a person isn't able to maintain the concentration on wearing tefillin Because the tefillin are also called a pair. They're also a crown, and they're also a sort of pride to the person. But then it has to match the person that deserves to wear it. The person that deserves to have on himself the symbol of Kodesh Lashem is a person whose thoughts are Kodesh Lashem. And that has to be constant. And then we get to the second bagged, the Me'il. The Me'il was unique. There was a baget which just covered the entire body of the coin from his neck until his ankles and was made completely out of trellis. All the other bidegona were either just white Linen, or they were made of a variety of different hues of red and of purple and of gold and of blue all mixed together. And yet we come to the Me'il, t- the Me'il the was only blue, was Kure Tcheles. Does that remind us of something? A of we know that when Karach came to stage his rebellion against Moshe Rabbeinu, What Korach rhetorically asked him is, Why do Klai Yisrael require leaders if the entire nation is holy? om kudoshim, umadotis naso The nation is all holy, why are you lording it over the rest of Klai Yisrael? And Karach ever marshal. he said, I understand Tchelis is a way of attaching something to the realization of of Shemaim or the Kisya Kovat. And therefore, for a regular garment, if one needs to tie it to something greater, something higher, something holier, tie in a string of trailers. But if a beggar is Kurat Trailis, it's altogether focused on shemaim. So why is there a need for a further string of trailers? And the message he was trying to convey to Moshe, perhaps the people on a low level need a leader to connect them to something higher. But Claudisra are altogether on a higher level. So why do they need a leader? And from this argument, we see the concept of the baggage which is called Trelis. It's a baggage which is completely focused on Shemay. Trelis being the colour of the sea, the sky, the kiss are covered. And it's a baggage which covers the whole body of the coin. The whole body of the coin, which means in order to deserve to wear meil, so Everything a person does has to be focused on Shemaim. Every action has to be with the motivation of doing Ratana Then a person can cover his whole body in Tchelaz. It's interesting we know as well that the Me'il at the bottom had bells in it. The bells which used to make a noise whenever he walked. And the Gemara says that the Me'il was a Kapara in Hara. The people talk like the bells which are always making a noise. And the understanding is that if there was anything imperfect about the coin, any misdeeds on his behalf, so then it will be, give people opportunity to speak and hara about it. For someone to be a leader in Klav Yisrael, his conduct has to be flawless. For somebody to be a leader in Klav Yisrael, there can't be anything about him which people can cast aspersions, spread rumors, raise objections, there can be no room for Lashon Hara. Like the Gemara says about the coin, He has to be like an angel. And therefore, for a coin whose every action is measured in terms of doing Ratzon Hashem, he deserves to wear a baggage which is called a t'cheles. He deserves to wear a garment which is completely focused on Tchelis. If the coin wouldn't live up to that expectation, there would be holes in that bag of Tchelis, then it's not fitting him, so to speak, to wear the meal of the coin god. That's the second packet And the last two, the Aphid and the Cheshan. So while the Aphrodite and the Khaichan are two separate pagodim, which were held together by chains tied to each other tied to each other by bands, but we find that the primary point of each one was similar. The Aphrod had two shoulder straps. And on the two shoulders of the Aphrod, one had to put two avneshayam, two precious stones. And on these two precious stones that the coin wore on his two shoulders, the names of six Shvatsim were on the one stone. The names of six shvatim were on the other stone. So, the choshen. The, the most striking feature of the choshen was the twelve precious stones, the twelve jewels, which which were embedded in the choshen. On each one was the name of one of the shvatim, And the Torah tells us about it. When it talks about the ephod, and it tells us about the kohen putting the two avonim on his shoulders. So it says that Aaron should carry the Shmois Bnei Yisrael, the Zikor and Hashem. Aaron should carry the names of Bnei Yisrael, which were etched on those stones on his shoulders whenever he came in front of Hashem. And when it talks about the stones of the Khoshen, which likewise had been inscribed with the names of the Shvatim of Kla Yisrael, so there again the pasuk says, that Aaron had to hold Mishpat B'nai Yisrael al liboi. He had to carry the Mishpat of Klai Yisrael in his heart, If HaShem Tomit. What was the meaning of these two begodim, The Ephel and the Khoshen. And I feel the meaning is like this. There were two places where the names of Klai were written. One was on the avenue Shayam, the shoulder pieces of the aphod. And the one was on the stones of the Khoshan, which a sh- coin wore over his heart. To be a leader of Klai one needs to take the burden of Klai on his shoulders and carry them in his heart. If the kohen was able to do that, to carry the names of Klai to take the responsibility for Klai Yisrael on his shoulders, and the concern for Klai in his heart, then he deserved to wear an aphid and a khoshen. And if you've been listening to what we've been saying, you'll see these are exactly the three elements which make up an adam god The p- total focus of one's mind, which is Kodesh la Hashem, thinking about Rukhni, is thinking about Torah, that all a person's actions are Piyalakha, he's covered his body with a baggage which is Kodei Tcheles, it is flawless in what he does, and a constant concern and responsibility for Klai If the kohen gadol lives up to this expectation, then the bagadim he wears are a source of teferis. They're a source of pride. They deserved. If the Kodesh L'Hashem, which is emblazoned the crown sits on his forehead, matches the thoughts of his head, which are Kodesh L'Hashem, if the beggar, which is called a which covers him, shows a person whose every action is measured of pi and if the sparkle of the stones on his chest and on his shoulders show a person who's taken Klai Yisrael to heart then he deserves to be a coin god. And that was the praise of Aaron Akoin. The praise of Aaron HaKoin, Moshe is told you must make begotting for Aaron that for him are going to be a teferis. For him they're going to be a source of pride because they befit the one who's wearing them. The greatness of Aaron was his stature in Torah, in Aveda, and in Gwila's facade.